Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI, where we are taking a look at Walt Disney. That's right, Walter Disney, but everybody calls him Walt for short. This name that has become synonymous with entertainment in general. I wonder what he would think about Frozen. Let it go, let it go. I mean, Disney has come a long way. Ha venido desde muy lejos since uh, Walt said his first words as uh, Mickey Mouse. Did you guys know that? There's a good trivia question. Do you know what Mickey Mouse's first spoken words were? And as I said, in the English version, spoken by Walt himself, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Were you expecting something deeper? <laughs> so speaking of Frozen and Let It Go, what a what a great song it is. Uh, there's a rumor going around, right, that our friend Walt Disney is frozen, cryogenically frozen. And a lot of people said that. Now, I know you've heard this rumor before. But the Disney family and others close to him have confirmed that this is an urban myth. This is simply not true. Uh, Disney had taken an interest in this kind of technology, but one thing is taking an interest in something, and one thing is going through with it. And, well, um, he did not get cryogenically frozen. Uh, according to his family, he was cremated. That's right, when we burn somebody, we cremate them. And his ashes, his ashes, sus cenizas, his ashes were buried or interred. You have two different ways to say that. It's more common to say buried, to be honest. They were buried in a mausoleum in Glendale, California at the Forest Lawn Cemetery. Sorry, I know it sounds good. You know, wouldn't it be awesome if they brought Disney back to life and he saw what had become of his empire? According to the uh, article I have here, the first person to be frozen cryogenically was a, an American university professor in 1967, and Disney died in 1966. So what's the lesson here? Because we can get a lesson or a moral, moraleja, from anything. The lesson here is don't believe everything you read, especially if you read it in, in the tabloids. La, La Prensa Rosa, I think you say, the tabloids. He is not frozen. It's a shame. It sounds like a good story. It sounds very Disney-esque. Yeah, that's right. I said Disney-esco, Disney-esque. Another word that we use in uh, the United States is to Disneyfy. This is a very specific word used in New York. Uh, if you guys recall in our Times Square episode, I said that they Disneyfied Times Square. So it used to be junkies and pushers and stuff. And in the end, uh, it became the Disney store, the Lion King on Broadway. This is called Disneyfication, la Disneyficación. So I guess it's only natural, though, that there would be some myths and some legends around this guy's life. I remember reading it, and I now I've read up on it, and I'd love to believe it. You know, there's nothing I would love to believe more than Walt Disney being an Almeriense, because that would make both he and I Almericanos. 
And you guys, I mean, you can Google it. You can find out, do a little researching on your own. Snoop around Fisconea. Uh, you'll find there's a, uh, a book by Walter Elliott, and it's called uh, The Prince of Darkness. And this basically connects Walt Disney uh, with Spain on various occasions. According to the story, and I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell, in resumidas cuentas, according to this story, Walt Disney, young Walt Disney, was born in Mojácar. Then some government agents came and they seized his birth certificate and all his papers and they erased that part of his past. Now again, I can't really tell you if that's true or not because I haven't done enough research. But I urge you to look at it. It is quite interesting. And then you'll see throughout Disney's life, he's had a connection with Spain. Salvador Dali, uh, they were even looking at uh, Cabo de Gata National Park as a location for Euro Disney, which, thank God, no offense, I love Disney, but I love Almeria and that it's still untouched, Virgen. So I can't imagine a huge Disney park in the middle of the Cabo de Gata desert. Can you? And remember, we're really, we're talking about the Walt Disney everybody knew. So obviously the Walt Disney everybody knew was an outgoing guy. He was a marketing genius, you know, but they say that he was actually shy. He was pretty shy. Another way to say shy is timid. O suena timido. That's right. As I said before, some said he was demanding, exigente. Others called him a shrewd businessman. A shrewd businessman is somebody that it's not easy to negotiate with. But it makes sense that there is a lot of mystery shrouding his life. Another day, if we do an episode on the parks specifically, I mean, just each Disney park is full of secrets, uh, these little Easter eggs as we call them. For example, uh, the secret apartment. There's a secret apartment, or as my British friends would say, a flat that is located in Disney. And this is Disneyland. Remember, guys, to clear it up, Disneyland is the original one. It's in California. And Disney World is the newer one, which is in Orlando. And Euro Disney or Disney Paris, does that even count? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll call it I'll call it Disney Light then. So yeah, Disney's uh, secret apartment was located just above the fire station. What? Fire station in a theme park? Well, yeah, didn't I just tell you that's full of secrets? Well, think about this, and this isn't even really a secret, but it's its own city, really. Disney has its own police department, its own fire department, its own power generators. Some would say that Disney is totally self-sufficient, and I imagine its economy is better than uh, many economies around the world. Do you want to see Walt Disney's private apartment? Sorry. No dice. No dice is no va a ser. Perdona. No va a pasar. No dice. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's not typically open to the public, the general public. Now, VIPs are occasionally offered tours. And how do you become a VIP? And remember, in English, we don't say VIP, we say VIP. 
you just got to pay for it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, if you pay for it, you can become a VIP. But even then, it's not available to all VIPs. But supposedly, all the furnishings, uh, los muebles, uh, they're virtually unchanged from when Walt Disney used to spend time there. So you can almost, you know, go back in time and see, uh, you know, what Walt Disney uh, was thinking, you know, what, where his head was, again, if you're lucky enough. But uh, there's a cool thing, and as I said, it's one of these little Easter eggs. If you see this apartment when you're walking around the park, there's a little lamp in the window, and they keep this lamp on, encendido. And that's kind of a symbolism, you know. It, it signifies that Walt is always in the park, and he's always watching. And I think that's something, as I said, as somebody who worked for Disney, uh, something that I think even Disney now was always asking themselves, what would Walt say? What would Walt do? So this guy didn't just create a park and die and everybody said, okay, good, we're going to do it our way. They said, this guy was a visionary. Let's follow his vision. Let's not tr change his vision too much. A lot of other secrets too. You can check out some uh, some videos on YouTube, but there are, uh, there are so many different secrets. Uh, for example, tunnels. There's a system of tunnels below many of the Disney parks. So for example, the park is not on level ground. The park is like two levels above the ground level, La Planta Baja. So underneath, they have tunnels. And what goes on in those tunnels? Ooh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> well, those tunnels are where the cast members, the cast members, son todos los que trabajan ahí, son miembros del reparto. This is where they can cross the park without being in character and where they can move the garbage around. So it's a way, it's like a behind the scenes, a backstage. And that was something that I remember learning. Uh, and I'll tell you how I learned so much about Disney. I had to take a class before I worked there. And I'll tell you a little bit about it as we get towards the end of the show. But I remember them telling me that very clearly this to, to Walt Disney is a stage. Es un escenario. We are all the actors and wherever you stand on that stage, wherever you are, you should have a beautiful view. You shouldn't see any garbage. You shouldn't see anything that's, you know, not really uh, attractive. I mean, it's the most magical place on earth. And Walt wanted to keep that illusion. So that's why there's a lot of secrets too. Not because he was trying to keep all these secrets from everybody, but more because he he wanted to keep the show going. It's like a magician. You're not going to tell people your tricks. And every little detail in these parks, every detail they pay attention to, uh, including, you know, even on, um, on Sleeping Beauty's castle. To make the castle look bigger, they play with the perspective. So some of the, the top parts are smaller, bigger. They have studied it to make it look like 10 times bigger than it really is. Another thing that uh, I noticed that you see a theme in a lot of Walt Disney's work, right? A, a running theme, a theme that you see, and this is the loss of a mother. And it could be, you know, it could be just, you know, drawing conclusions here. But if you think about it, Walt lost his mother. There was uh, an explosion, uh, a broken heating system. Excuse me, it wasn't an explosion, but there was a, a pipe 
that was leaking, a pipe es una tubería. And there was carbon monoxide that had uh, gotten into the room, and his mother inhaled this carbon monoxide, and she died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And Disney always blamed himself for that. Now, why? He didn't put the carbon monoxide in there. No, but he bought the house for them. And he felt like he bought them a faulty house, una casa con problemas. And he felt responsible for his mother's death, uh, many said. And, and you can see that theme. I mean, he always loved his mother. They said that Disney's mother was a very loving woman who encouraged her children to dream. Well, it worked with Walt, didn't it? But it didn't take away that guilt, esa culpabilidad, that guilt that Walt had. And you can see it from Pinocchio to the Jungle Book. I mean, do we want to even mention Bambi? Oh my God. Who didn't cry at the end of Bambi? You know, Snow White, which Snow White, I didn't tell you guys before, but Snow White was kind of his first biggest hit. It was, of course, uh, he almost lost all his money, in fact. He was in debt when he made this movie. But it worked. It worked, and this opened the door for many other projects. So this, if this hadn't been a success, this Snow White movie, you probably, we, we wouldn't be talking about Disney right now. So he bet everything on Snow White. And it was funny, when he got the Oscar for Snow White, they gave him the statuette and then seven little statues. You get it? Snow White, the seven dwarfs. <laughs> oh, and if you don't know the seven dwarfs' names, well, you know, we can learn English from their names. Of course we can. We've got grumpy, which is gruñón. If you're grumpy or cranky, it is gruñón or cascarrabias. I love that, that word in Spanish. Uh, dopey, and if you're dopey, it is un poco tontito. I think of dopey being like goofy. And what does goofy mean? Tontito. Then we have Doc. Was it? Was he a doctor? I don't really remember. Uh, we have Happy, which is easy. We have Bashful. So now we just looked at three ways on this program today to say shy. Shy, timid, or bashful. The sixth one is sneezy, right? To sneeze is... Ach! And then the last one is sleepy, which is dormilon. So see, we're even learning from the characters' names. And how could we forget about Peter Pan? Pedro de la Sartén. No, <laughs> but that would be the translation. Peter Pan. Well, did you know that Peter Pan and Walt Disney go way back? Eso es que lleva muchísimo tiempo conociéndose. If somebody goes way back with you, uh, os conocéis mucho tiempo. And this is a, a beautiful story because uh, Peter Pan held a special place in Disney's heart. Uh, it wasn't only because it was a hit movie for him in the year 1953, but it took him back down memory lane to his childhood. And, uh, well, he was a, a young boy playing Peter Pan in his school's play. So he played the, rule, the role, excuse me, of Peter Pan when he was a young boy. And well, that started his fascination with this character. And the beautiful part of this story is, do you know who was in charge of pulling the rope to simulate that he was flying? His brother, Roy. 
And I think that's almost like a symbol of their relationship. Disney was the one that was flying. Walt Disney was the one that was flying. But Roy Disney was right there behind him, pulling the strings and making sure that he didn't fall on his face. And if that's not brotherly love, I don't know what is. And obviously, that was the beginning of a lasting relationship, not just as brothers, but as business partners. And now I told you I was going to tell you a little bit about my experience working for Disney. Well, firstly, I dated Pocahontas. Yeah, I'm not joking. You can't make this stuff up. No te puedes inventar estas cosas. I dated Salicón Pocahontas at Disney World in Orlando, not the one in Disneyland, the one in Disney World, and only one of them, the one who did the morning shifts. Remember, there are many Pocahontases. <laughs> Sorry, kids, I didn't want to ruin the surprise for you. And I remember it was, uh, I remember it clearly, it was 2001, uh, September 11th had just happened, the, the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, and uh, I was just uh, fed up with New York, un poco harto de Nueva York, and I had gotten myself into credit card debt, me metí en deudas de tarjetas de crédito, so uh, I was dating this girl, and she said, well, why don't we go down to Florida? I have some connections, tengo algunos enchufes, and and, you know, you could live cheap down there because, let's be honest, Florida is a lot cheaper than New York. Uh, well, excluding Miami, let's say. But Orlando, even though it's the theme park capital of the world, is still a bit cheaper than New York City. So, you know, it, it's a crazy idea that any other time in my life I'd say, what are you, crazy? Am I going to go down to Disney World from New York City? It's the exact opposite. But I guess it was the right time. I guess everybody needed a little extra happiness. And it was a good chance for me to save some money, see a different place, you know, and get away from the hustle and bustle of New York. And so I did. I threw caution into the wind and I moved down there. I instantly got a job at the Planet Hollywood, which is in downtown Disney, which is huge. And, well, just being an employee of this came with its privileges. I got a Disney ID, una identificación Disney, un pase. And what did that pass do? That gave me access to all the Disney parks, uh, special offers, all kinds of crazy things. It sounds awesome, and it was awesome, but... I had to do my initiation. And this is everybody and anybody who works for Disney World, whether it's at a restaurant on Disney property, flipping burgers, or whether it's playing Pocahontas, you have to take a two-week course called Disney Traditions. And this is where you learn. It's almost, guys, I got to say, it's like a cult. Es como una secta. It's incredible. They're just telling you about Disney, the man. They're telling you about uh, what the idea was, the original vision. And again, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Disney, that they've always tried to keep Walt's vision in the forefront. Another funny fact that I remember from Disney traditions, uh, they said, okay, well, Disney employees need to be clean cut, pulcros, no, limpios, and so uh, no facial hair, guys. And of course, you can imagine me, your smart-ass teacher, Listillo, and I raised my hand and I said, wait, wait a second, excuse me, um, didn't Walt Disney have a mustache? 
So, yeah. And she said, yeah, well, he makes the rules. He doesn't have to follow them. And I said, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I guess the park is called Walt Disney World, not Alberto Alonso World. So I guess we have to follow his rules. But I thought that was a, a funny rule um, that no park employees can have facial hair. Another thing they taught us too, which I thought was very funny and only an insider would know it, is what Epcot stands for. Epcot, you know, Epcot Center. Uh, it stands for every paycheck comes on Thursday. <laughs> okay, I'm lying. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it's true. If you work for Disney, you get paid every Thursday. So that is true. But it really stands for Environmental Prototypical Community of Tomorrow. And Walt has always been interested in the future, too. He was always trying to figure out what the next technologies would be. And even in animatronics, he was a pioneer in animatronics. And one of the things I love, too, is what they call the Disney Engineers. You know what we call Disney engineers? Imagineers. Because their job first is to imagine something. And uh, I've seen documentaries on this. The way Disney designs a ride is they don't think of, what is this ride going to be? ¿Cómo va a ir esta atracción? No, it's quite the opposite. They think, what is the story we want to tell? Going back to Disney's roots, what is the story we want to tell? And we'll build the ride around that. And, of course, using the latest technology, they do it. And if you have never been to a Walt Disney Park, I highly recommend it. It was an honor to work for this company. Now, they've been criticized for being anti-union. No, Disney has their share of criticism. But as somebody who worked for the company, the perks, los beneficios of being able to go to the parks whenever you wanted and just part of your job is to make people happy because if you're working at the happiest place on earth then you better be happy i can't wait to take my daughter to disney world but right now we're saving up because it is costly going to disney for a week or two that could cost an arm and a leg once you include airfare uh and of course you want to get the fast pass who wants to wait online quien quiere esperar en cola so you want to get the works the works is todo no I know that my daughter is going to love Walt Disney World in Orlando. And remember, uh, Walt Disney World, where I worked, there are four major parks. There are four major parks, and then you've got water parks. You've got uh, downtown Disney, which is a shopping area. I mean, you've got everything you could possibly imagine, not to mention five-star hotels and everything else you can imagine. Total luxury. And those four parks are uh, the Magic Kingdom, the one with the castle, Epcot Center, which we just talked about, uh, Disney Studios, which is more focused on filmmaking, and then the Animal Kingdom, which is just mind-blowing. And yes, you have to go to all of the parks. But I'll leave you today with one of my favorite things of all time, one of my greatest Disney memories. And I got to say something. It took me 19 years to get to Disney World. So I didn't go as a kid. I went to Spain. I, I can't complain about that. So I didn't discover Disney till I was 19. But I learned something. It's never too late. So the thing that I highly recommend you do, aside from going to Walt Disney World, I think it's worth it. And it's closer than California, and it's bigger than California, right? Disneyland. So I recommend Disney World. And my favorite thing and my favorite time to go is in November. 
In November, they have something called the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot Center. And basically, they have these pavilions set up, plus they have these temporary pavilions. So they got the ones that are always there, and they have these temporary ones. And they're set up, montados over there, and they're around a lake. And you walk around the lake, and you can literally try food from all different countries. You can try wine and beer or other drinks from other countries. And it is, I remember just just being enthralled by the experience. And then when you're starting to get buzzed, con el puntito, and you're walking around and you're in your third country, your third glass of wine, and fireworks start, it is just an amazing experience. And speaking of fireworks, I think that's a perfect place to end today's show. Nobody knew how to do fireworks like Disney. And I'm not talking about fireworks. I'm talking about dazzling, deslumbrando audiences and entertaining people and keeping people in awe. And that is something that Walt Disney has wanted to do since day one. And it seems like they're trying to keep that tradition alive. So for all the big kids out there, I hope you guys enjoyed today's look at the man, the myth, the legend, the big kid, Walt Disney. Thanks for joining us on this episode of FYI. 